Good morning. Today we move on in Luke chapter 6, and uh, we're continuing in this teaching of Jesus. In an earlier episode, I mentioned that the teachings here mirror uh, Jesus' teachings in Matthew, in the section of Matthew commonly regarded as the Sermon on the Mount. And today we're looking at the passage in Luke chapter 6, from verses 17 through 26, that um, mirrors the teaching in Matthew, commonly known as the Beatitudes. And um, the interesting thing about the Beatitudes is as we get into this passage, we're going to see this teaching unfold in a very interesting way. Some of the statements Jesus makes seem very paradoxical uh, to our uh, human experience as members of this earthly kingdom. Uh, We're members of this kingdom on the basis of our birth here on this planet, and each of us is a member of whatever community, whatever family, whatever state or province, whatever country we're born into. And there's very little we any of us have anything to say about that as a result of our birth into the families uh, to which God has placed us in. Um, and so we're members of these earthly kingdoms by uh, uh, being born to families that live there. Uh, but we're members of a heavenly kingdom that has values uh, that look very different than the values of this earthly kingdom. The ethics of the kingdom of God are are very different than the ethics of the kingdom of earth. And um, where the kingdoms of earth value worldly things, uh, accomplishment, achievement, the attainment of wealth, uh, power, prestige, and all of these things, in the kingdom of God, uh, these things get turned on their ear. And Jesus says, the kingdom of God looks different. The kingdom of God pursues different things. The kingdom of God values different things. The kingdom of God is built upon different things. And so I love the way that this teaching really uh, points out the dichotomy between the two kingdoms. They are very different. And uh, to be a member of one is to unlearn how to be a member of the previous Uh, If we want to be a member of the kingdom of heaven, we have to unlearn the values. Jesus has to overlay a whole new set of values on our lives and hearts in order for us to embrace true kingdom living as a member of God's family in Christ. And so let's jump into the passage uh, and we'll begin to study together. Luke writes, He went down with them and stood on a level place. Well, I guess we're not going to get too far before I uh, pause us for just a second. I I love these words. It says, he, Jesus, went down with them and stood on a level place. I love the way that this this line sets up the teaching. Jesus was not standing high above them. Jesus was not standing far off at a distance. He went down with them. He was with the people that he was teaching, and he stood on a level place. He was, he was setting a level playing field. He was saying, we belong together. You belong to me. We, we have close proximity. I came to be with you. I want to be with you. I am I'm not elevating myself as one uh, to be worshipped, though I'm worthy of all the worship you could offer me and more on the basis of who I am and my, my heritage. Uh, theologically, I am owed all the worship the universe could give me, and then more. 
but that's not what Jesus did. It says he stood with them on a level place. And so I want to make that point that that's a very important and intentional thing. Uh, Jesus, like any earthly teacher, could have climbed up to the heights so that he could be seen and heard and uh, kind of celebrated, but he didn't do that. He, he taught as someone who was right in the mix with the people. Um, and that says so much about his heart, so much about his character, so much about his humility. We continue. A large crowd of his disciples was there, and a great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem, and from the coastal region around Tyre and Sidon, who had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. These people were coming to hear the teaching of Jesus, and frequently throughout the Gospels, we see that Jesus' teachings amazed people because he taught as one who had authority. He taught as one who had a message to speak that was worthy of listening to. Jesus was telling the people who listened to his sermons good news, news that they had not heard before, news that encouraged their hearts. But Jesus also did something else. Jesus also took time to lay his hands on those who needed healing, those who were sick, those who had been inflicted by diseases, those who uh, were damaged and, and broken and needed the touch of God. And he would put his hands on them and he would cure them, he would heal them, he would touch them and bless them and send them on their way whole and complete healed. Luke continues. Uh, He describes these people by saying, these had come to hear him and be healed of their diseases. Those troubled by impure spirits were cured. An impure spirit, other places in the scriptures translate that an evil spirit or a demonic spirit. An impure spirit might have been someone who was not of sound mind. It might have been someone who was actually being harassed by uh, a spirit from the enemy. Uh, And all the people all tried to touch him because power was coming out from him and healing them all. This touches on a story from the gospel about Jesus walking through a town surrounded by a crowd and a woman who had been struggling with a bleeding disorder. A very humbling thing that uh, robbed her of her dignity and worth, that put her on the margins because she was continuously ceremonially unclean, saw Jesus and had the faith to believe that if she could reach out and touch his garment, she would be healed. And once again, we see that same kind of faith and that same kind of power leading to the healing of people who are broken and sick and in need of a touch from God. And then Jesus begins to teach his disciples and he said to them, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven, for that is how their ancestors treated the prophets. This is so interesting, these little couplets. Blessed are you because of this. And because of this, you will receive this. So there's a blessing, and then there's a promise. A blessing and a promise. And these little couplets go on for a few verses. But they startle us. Blessed are you who are poor. You're going to inherit the kingdom of God. We don't think of the poor as inheriting anything except more poverty in this life. Blessed are you who hunger now. You will be satisfied. The hungry will be filled in the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Those who cry and mourn and wail, 
who have sorrow upon sorrow in the kingdom of Jesus will experience joy unending. Blessed are you when people hate you and insult you because of your association with me, Jesus. When we come into his kingdom, we will celebrate because we've endured the sufferings that Jesus endured. We've stood with Jesus in the face of insults and persecution. And then Jesus has some warnings. Warnings for those whose lives here have been on easy street. Warnings for those who seem only to bull strikes. Warnings for those who seem to have it so good now. He says, but woe to you who are rich. You have already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed. You will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now. You will mourn and weep. Woe to you when everyone speaks well of you. That is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. Now, it is not to say that every rich person, every well-fed person, every person who has joy in their heart now will experience the reversal of those things. Jesus is simply making a distinction that often the people who are in that position now do so from a position of hubris, of pride. They're proud of their wealth. You've received your comfort then. They're proud of their uh, of their position You've gotten your reward. You have received your reward. And so the distinctions he makes in these teachings uh, remind us that the kingdom of heaven is a very different place and that what we think we know about life, what we think we know about purpose, uh, will get turned on its ears in the kingdom of heaven. Uh, Authors in the past have described the kingdom of God as an upside-down kingdom. What we think we know, we need to rethink to understand the ethics and values and and the way of the kingdom of God. And I love also how this passage speaks of God's justice, his commitment to those in this earthly life who are on the short end of the stick, who got the short straw, who have received uh, an abundance of pain and suffering. God sees them, and I believe God's heart is moved in unique ways for people who have suffered in the here and now in a significant way. Uh, And so there's hope, and there's the reminder that he's faithful, His kingdom is so different, and we have the promise that in Christ we are members of that kingdom. Now, for us now, we want to walk in his ways. We want to walk as members of that kingdom. We want to incarnate and articulate and express these values in the way that we live and treat others. And so by his grace and mercy, will that be true of us as we live out our lives here? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you today. We thank you for your word and its good teaching. And we are challenged by these words, O God. Sometimes we see ourselves in them and we can identify in beautiful ways and sometimes we see ourselves in them and we ought to repent. And so, Father, teach us, send your spirit to give us insight and understanding into your word and into our hearts. We love you and we thank you. Grow us through our time in your word today, we pray. In your mighty name, Jesus. Amen.